everyone, and welcome to Magical Streaming, a podcast where we watch Disney Plus and then talk about it. My name is Amber. My name is Marie. And today we're talking about Wally, the winner of our first listener's choice poll. The other options were Zootopia, Big Hero 6, and Cars. Doesn't matter, they lost. I'm just telling you what, what it could have been, but it's not. Yes, so Wally actually won both on Twitter and on Facebook. And as it turns out, Facebook does not allow you to put four options right. in a poll on so. a page. So we will keep doing four options every month, but we will do as we did for this one, which is going to be a first round of voting, putting two against two, and then a second round of voting, putting each winner of the first two polls up against each other, which is what happened with this one where Wally went up against Zootopia and won by 57% on Facebook. There we go. So, Wally. Wally. That was bad. No, it was pretty that. good. Let's get the description, the synopsis. Synopsis, some might say. Only if it's multiple. <laughs> well, okay. Just tell us about it. All right, so synopsis taken off of Disney Plus for Wally goes as follow. After hundreds of lonely years of doing what he was built for, the curious and lovable robot Wally discovers a new purpose in life when he meets a sleek robot named Eve. Join them in a hilarious cast of characters on a journey across the universe. Beautiful. It's a wonderful synopsis. It's seriously, I want to know what the person who writes synopsis for Disney Plus is on. A high of life. Uh, Clearly. (laughs) So, let's talk some history. My area of expertise, one might say. Yes, so expert at it that you forgot your notes at work. You know what? It was a long day. I rewrote my notes. It's fun. So, Wally was released on June 27th, 2008. It had a budget of $180 million, which in today's money is uh, $215,600. Nope, I missed a number when I was writing this down. That'll teach you. Oh, wait, no, no, no. $215,671. Are you okay? $215,671. Six hundred seventy-one thousand seven hundred seventy-four dollars and twenty cents. You know, this is what you get for not rounding the numbers. And it had a box office of uh, five hundred thirty-three point three million, which in today's money is six hundred thirty-eight million nine hundred eighty-seven thousand five hundred thirty-nine dollars and eighty-nine cents. She's looking at me so unimpressed, but that's what your money's worth. So Wally started a long time ago. The original pitch was during um, a 1994 meeting as Toy Story was finishing up the first Toy Story. They were getting it done and they started talking about new ideas that they could move forward with. Um, And if you've ever watched Disney movies on DVD, there is a trailer for Wally that starts with this story talking about this meeting and that Wally was one of the ideas pitched during it. 
I have a vivid memory of this commercial. I'm going to try and find it and put it on the Facebook page. Um, but it was decided it would be a little too complicated to make Wally at that time. So they started with Monsters, Inc. instead. Then in 2003, uh, Story Reel was made for it. And the first test screening happened in 2007. The film was critically acclaimed when it came out. It was nominated for 82 separate awards and won 47 of them, including Best Animated Picture at the Oscars. Um, it was named Time's 2008 Top Movie of the Year and the Top Movie of the Decade from Time. Uh, at the Boston Film Critics Award, it tied with Slumdog Millionaire for Best Picture. And 117 film critics voted it 29th out of 100 on the best films of the 21st century. It is a record holder in its own right at the Oscars. It is the it is tied with Beauty and the Beast for having six Oscar nominations, as we talked about. But Wally is the only Disney movie to have six different categories nominated. So as we said, it won for Best Animated Picture, but it was also nominated for Best Original Song for Down to the Ground, Best Original Score, Best Sound Mixing, Best Sound Editing, Best Original Screenplay, and of course, Best Animated Picture. Walt Disney World, Walt Disney World, I'm so used to that. Walt Disney Pictures pushed for it to have a nomination in the Best Picture category, separate from animation. However, it was not considered for Best Picture. And there was a lot of controversy around that. Uh, people were really mad about it because Wally is culturally just this huge movie that really impacted a lot of people and is so highly regarded as you can tell from all the different awards that it was nominated for and that it won, it just resonated with people in a way that's very special considering there's not a ton of dialogue in this movie. Mm -hmm. It is a lot more about visual and sound, but not necessarily talking. So... Of course, Wally has strong symbolism in it. The main method, method. The main message is about pollution and taking care of the planet, but it also talks about health and actually um, religion. The main. Oh, are we going to start d debating? Uh, well, loneliness the main theme and... of the movie is not considered to be the environment it's a love story okay that's what the um i don't know if it was the director or the producer or, andrew stan um honestly i'm not sure i don't remember who it was but basically yeah the the whole point like the main yeah central team uh andrew stanton that's the director yeah he said the central theme is that irrational love can defeat everything, including programming. Yes, it is a love story. However, the message it, that people take away from it is highly... Uh, is highly... 
I was going to say controversial, but it's not, um, is about conservation um, and about how we treat the planet and about what our future could possibly look like, which is very scary. But Wally and Eve, of course, are in love. They are so cute. They're the cutest robot couple that I know. I love them a lot. Um, so that's about it for history. If you want to hit trivia and then I can hit... Oh, we're changing the order again. Okay. I never know what to expect you from you. I like to, to keep you on your feet, keep you loose. Here's the My thing. Toes. Let's, let's, fine. Let's talk about legacy. The not Walt much. Disney Company does not do enough with Wally. There is nothing in the parks. Is save. that why you wanted to save it for after trivia? Because it it's segues just... into a hot take. <laughs> My, we'll get there. Save. We were at um, the Food and Wine Festival. No, we were at the mm-hmm. Holidays, International Holidays. I, I don't know. It wasn't, I don't think, was it? In no, December? it was at the I Flower think it and Garden was the Festival. Flower and Garden in May. There are so many festivals at Epcot. And the cast member goes, You know, we have a Wally attraction. And I was like, You do no, not have a Wally. And he's like, Yes, the play area is themed after Wally. So that makes it the first Wally attraction. And I was so mad. I'm still mad thinking about this because there is so many amazing things that could be done with Wally and there's just not. You know what? There is a lovely statue of Wally and Eve in Discoveryland in Disneyland Paris. That's the end. (laughs) Well, they had very, very cute uh, spirit jerseys. Oh, we do own those spirit jerseys. There's a picture of them on my Instagram. Well, actually, I think it's on the Magical Streaming Instagram as well, because I posted a picture of us in front of the tree for Christmas, and we're wearing our matching spirit jerseys. Yes. Anyway, that's that's about it. There's no attractions. There's merchandise. They'll put merchandise out once in a while, Uh, and that's about it. You want to know what? I read part of the reason why they didn't bother with merchandising so much is because Cars merchandise was still so popular. I am not kidding when I say this, that they felt that they didn't have to produce that much merchandise. Okay, well, they're wrong. Um, I want all things Wally. I want a Wally plush. I want a Wally, actually, there might be a Wally Funko Pop. I feel like that's I probably... I feel like there's a Wally and an Eve Funko Pop. Yeah, and that's probably as far as it goes in terms of even then, like, merchandising. There's there's really not much There's not there. enough. No, there's not. It's sad. Anyway, you want to tell us some trivia now that we've gotten to the sad, sad legacy of this award-winning film? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, so, first of all, do you know what both Wally and Eve stand for? Eve is extra terrestrial vegetation it's extra something vegetation something and wally is waste allocation okay i wasn't asking you for you to actually tell me it was a rhetorical question something something i have the actual answer here (laughs) all right so wally stands for waste allocation load lifter earth class okay check 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 three out of five which is actually, uh, if you'll notice, there's a wall the end, A. Yeah, wall A, which is instead of Earth classes for Axiom. Yeah. 
And then Eve stands for Extraterrestrial Vegetation Evaluator. You looked at me like I was wrong when I said no, extraterrestrial. I was not looking at you like you were wrong. I was looking at you like I was not actually wanting an answer out of you. Guess what? I'm going to answer. It's my podcast. Listen. Anyway. Uh, also, so of course, the name of the ship that the humans are living on. Well, one of the ships because... You know, are they all called the Axiom? I don't think so because it's not the Axiom One or the Axiom Two. So, but I think I, most cruise line, like it's a cruise liner I type. Thing, I understand what you're saying. They However, never have like they have similar names. No, I feel like that specific ship is named the Axiom, and probably the rest of the fleet has different names. Okay, and who is, knows what they're doing? This is because you've worked with with cruises in the past. However, I feel like the commercial that you see about space is the final frontier they said enjoy your five-year cruise aboard the axiom yeah but it says it's the best of the fleet like or there's talking specifically about that one because it's like the crown jewel of the fleet i don't think it's to say that all their ships are named the axiom all right all right Tell anyway me about i was the going axiom. for that uh, in logic and in math, an axiom is something unquestionable or taken for granted. You know, kind of like the earth we live on. Bum, bum, bum. Now, um, there were a lot of things about Wally. I mean, Disney movies in general, especially, like, even more so now than there used to be. But, um obviously easter eggs but also just like those small details that you don't really necessarily always notice until you're paying attention to them or someone tells you about them uh there's a few of those in this movie uh in terms of the past axiom captains so firstly the names and the likenesses of the captains are from pixar writing team members nice uh the years listed for each captain appears to be term of service not lifespan that makes sense. because there's no overlap of year um the average term of save- service is 135 years which is mind-boggling because what? how can those humans have a longer li- i mean i guess lifespan does tend to increase like it has been increasing it's said that the generation of right now, like our children's generation, for instance, is expected to have a lifespan of over a hundred years, like the average lifespan. Right. So it, it might make sense in the time also, that this is seven hundred years in the future. Right, and it's also in space. There are different things because one of the things. Did you know oxygen is actually killing you? Yeah, but I'm pretty sure there's oxygen on the ship. Right, but if they could mix it with something else to like counteract, do you know what I'm saying? Like. They're not living in the same place. They're not living on Earth. So maybe if yeah, we lived in different places, it uh, would so prolong our lifespan. So you can get rid of pollution right away by just throwing it out the like the back door instead of... Right. You know, there's no smog that's accumulating inside the ship. So exactly. the air is probably cleaner even without taking in consideration the makeup of the air we breathe. Right. Um... But yeah, the years add up to 666 when you put in all the years of service together. Uh, Also, within the portraits, Odo develops um, from a small light and it becomes brighter with each succeeding captain. Mm -hmm. As well, it grows at the same rate as the obesity 
of the captains, so it shows a correlation between the reliance on autopilot and like versus actively moving. Right. Um, also, you mentioned earlier the end credit song "Down to Earth," which is yes. sung by Peter Gabriel, um, and the song itself, other than the lyrics, kind of goes along with the entire movie because, like, in how the, you're in the movie itself changes when it starts. It's a very electronic sounding song, and you can only hear Gabriel singing. Um, but then as the song progresses, the music becomes more natural sounding. It's more like acoustic and you have additional voices that join in. The choir. Yeah, so it it goes from, you know, the earth being lifeless other than robotics, basically, mm-hmm. to what the earth becomes, becoming more natural as they return and start taking up basically a more sustainable type of living because they they don't really have you got to think about the fact that when they come back to the earth they don't have the same technologies anymore on the earth like they have them on the ship right but that doesn't mean they can just transport them out right. into the world so it's kind of going back to the roots of living right did you know uh i have some fun facts about that uh do you know who was in charge of that end sequence. I did not. The director of Ratatouille, whose name I forget, was in charge of making it. And they made it because at the test screening, Andrew Stanton felt that probably about half the audience thought that uh, everybody was just going to die now that they were back on Earth because they didn't know how to do anything. So they were like, we need... Something, something to show that people actually to, to show optimism to show that it will be okay and they will survive and flourish and the earth will come back and be all right so the end credits served to kind of tie up that question of what are they going to do now that they're back yeah yeah no that's uh I mean, the Earth will survive the human race. There's no question to that, in my opinion. But that's a different... That's a different story. The story I was telling is the end credits, which are beautiful. Honestly, we never turn it off before that section is done. I mean, okay, to be fair, we've watched through most Disney end credits. That's true. But these are really beautiful art in themselves. Like, I highly recommend... If you're somebody who turns it off right after or doesn't pay attention to it, to just look at all the really cool animation and beautiful work that was done there because it really is a continuance of the story. Yeah, for sure. Um, Now, you mentioned also earlier how there's not a lot, the movie doesn't rely on dialogue a lot, not much scripting in itself. Um, Now, within the first five minutes, there is a monologue through the holographic billboards. Mm -hmm. But past that, the first dialogue between Wally and Eve begins 22 minutes into the movie. And the first human dialogue is 39 minutes into the movie. Which, this is an hour and 20-some minutes? No, okay, an hour and 40 minutes. But still, that's that's almost halfway through the movie. That is, yeah, very long to go. But it doesn't feel long. 
No, it doesn't. Because it's, of the which, use of sound. Yeah, the use of sound and the visuals. And, and especially because Wally and Eve... Eve never makes a sentence that is more than three words. And Wally never makes a sentence that's more than two words. Right. So even though there is their sort of quote-unquote dialogue 22 minutes in, it's not really anything right. to, you know. Um, now, actually, to go along with that visual storytelling type of, you know, what they were looking to do with it, uh, the Pixar team and Andrew Stanton, they watched every single Charles Chaplin and Buster Keaton movie, short films and features, every day during lunch for about Ooh, 18 months. That's a lot. You know, I bet they were a little tired of Charlie Chaplin and Buster Keaton. Uh, they probably were. <laughs> I have also read someone say that this movie is a com- is like a combo of a Buster Keaton movie with Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> Which I actually was not even thinking about her. And then I did see a few things where this is the third movie where she voices... Um, like the system of a ship because she did so in uh, I think Space Odyssey and then Futurama and then I was also thinking like where she does also in Finding Dory Finding where Dory. It's, it's not she's Sigourney Weaver <laughs> in that one she's not a right but even then but yeah um, and then in terms of sounds like I thought that was cool because we did earlier on when we were watching some of the earlier movies so, like, a few months, a couple of months ago. When we watched um, The Reluctant Dragon and they told us a lot about sounds? Yeah, for one... Well, we did also... There were some trivia right. with Snow White. About right, about how they make sounds. How they made some of the sounds. Uh, so, I did actually get some of that for Wally, which I think is cool because it shows that even today they're still... Using the using same kind of... Using some tactics yeah. that are more than just computerized. That's nice. Uh, so, for example, the sound of insect clicks... Uh, was made by locking handcuffs. Uh, the cockroach chirps were sped up raccoon sounds. Uh, the wind sounds were bags being dragged along carpet. And the sound of Eve's laser blasts are partly created by tapping a slinky spring. I have some questions about the raccoon sounds. Did they bring in a raccoon and get the sounds out of them? Or did they have, like, stock raccoon sounds that they messed with? I would imagine it's stock raccoon sound. I am much sadder now. Continue. I mean, we'll see. You know, what we might come across is when we do uh, trivia for The Incredibles 2, where there is a scene that... Very much features a raccoon. Maybe they brought one it's into that. Probably we'll Alan Tudyk just putting his Juilliard to to use again. Is Alan Tudyk billed for The Incredibles too? No. Okay, you're just. I'm just throwing it in there. He's he's not in Pixar movies. He's in Disney movies. Yeah, also, but I was very yeah. About, it's very hey, different hey. from Chicken Sounds. Is it? <laughs> yes, it is. Um. Another fun fact, Eve takes around four seconds to solve the Rubik's Cube when she gets back to Wally's little staying place. Um, That is about the same as a human record for solving a Rubik's Cube, which was 4.22 seconds in May 2018 by Felix Zemdegs. However, as of March 2018, the fastest robot time is 0.38 seconds. 
Wow. You know what? I have a fun Rubik's Cube fact. You do? It's the most popular toy of all time. You know what's the most popular game of all time? Minecraft. You know what it was before that? Tetris. People love puzzles. People love squares. Well, squares but Minecraft isn't a puzzle. It's just yeah. made up of squares. That's true. People love squares. It would seem so. Um, in terms of some of the casting, um, so a lot of the robots, most of the robots actually, are voiced by Ben Burt through mechanical sounds of his creation. Ooh. Uh, he recorded 2,500 different sounds for the film, twice the average of a Star Wars movie, which he has also worked on several Star Wars movies. Is he movies. BB-8? No, more like the... Um, Is he R2-G2? No, not the first trilogy. More like the... Well, yes, the first trilogy. I was thinking in terms... Like, the first trilogy as in episode one, two, three. The prequels. Yes, the prequels. There you go. R2-D2 is in the prequels. Well, yeah, but I don't think they changed R2-D2's sounds from <sighs> the original trilogy to the prequels. Anyway, uh, it was also the most that he had ever recorded for one feature film. His involvement with the film lasted for two years. Um, and when Andrew Stanton met with him to pitch the idea, he told him, I need you to be 80% of my cast. <laughs> um... Ironically, he had just completed Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith, and at that point he had told his wife that he never wanted to work on another film that involved robots. But then he changed his mind when they talked with him about the ideas for Wally because he was like, okay, this, this is, this is really cool. Yeah, the good concept. Fair enough. And then um, in the movie, it's there's actually a fair amount of references to Apple computers. I wonder why, Steve Jobs. <laughs> uh, when Wally is fully charged by the sun, he makes the same boot-up sound that most Apple's Macintosh computers have made since about 1996. Uh, when he watches his favorite movie every night, uh, it's on the screen of an iPod that's mm-hmm. zoomed in. Um the autopilot's voice is provided by Apple's text-to-speech system, Macintalk. <laughs> yeah, that's... We're not going to talk about it. that. Uh, Eve's design as an evolution of Wally's design parallels the current IMAX designs versus the, like, older beige Apple mm-hmm. computers. Uh, and yes, as you mentioned, Steve Jobs was CEO of Pixar until 2005, which they had already put in some work, decent amount of work for Wally by then. Yes, in um, fact, in 2003, yeah. when they did the first story reel, it was shown to Steve Jobs and John Lasseter, and they were both so impressed with it that they greenlit the project. So Jobs did. Authorize authorize it to be made, so it makes sense that uh, well he they was still kept... yeah, and he was still a shareholder and a member of the Disney board of directors uh, until his death in twenty eleven. Well, for was still very actively like he right. might have has his health declined. I'm sure he right. probably stepped back, but I I hear you. Yeah, uh, so that's about it for fun facts, and we've we've gone over. 
uh, your staying power, which is, you know... Inexistent. <sighs> so that leaves us... Where are we now? The uh, hottest the hot of shakes. Okay. Let me... You have a lot of hot takes? I have so many hot takes. Let me start. First of all, why did the CEO become president of the... Okay. Okay. Let, let me back up first. When did all the countries get to leave on by and large ships? Did, did none? Probably is- not. And I don't... Okay. I don't believe for a second that if this were a now moment, you and I, we are dead. This is a paying five-year cruise. This is not free. This is not a solution like, oh, we're taking everybody off the earth because it's too polluted. This is a company selling a five-year cruise as an alternative to living on earth. But Okay, so my other questions are this. Where did everyone else go? How do people continue to make money? Because in the movie, it says, ask for your free Septua Centennial cupcake in a cup, which implies that the other food is being paid for, which, by the way, is not how a cruise works. Most of the food is free. (laughs) So I have questions about how their cruising system works. Um, How... Where do they have money? How are they making money? Who's getting the money? Because how do they keep track of all these ships? And if they do, where does the money go? And so there's just a humanity scattered. The rich enough people get to go live in these ships and everyone else, what, died under the pollution? Or was there, you know, some rebels who commandeered a ship and got people... I have so many questions about what happened. I realized you didn't even touch. There was a version of the story where... Oh, it was aliens. Yes, where there were aliens that were revealed to be humans. That had grown basically into blobs of nothingness. Yes, to right. clear... Like, has it? Has anyone seen Hotel Transylvania? If you've seen Hotel Transylvania, you'll be familiar with the character Blobby, who is like... Just Google Blobby. He's green and see-through, basically. And that was the idea that on the ship there were going to be these green, kind of, like, monstrous... Don't Google Blobby. Not Mr. Blobby. (laughs) Google Blobby Hotel Transylvania. (laughs) Yeah. Otherwise, you're in for a shock. Anyway, keep going. That... And then at the end, there was going to be this reveal that these were humans who, because of living in space for so long, had transformed into these kind of monster characters. But instead, they're just, like, really, really, really fat. And the CEO of By and Large Superstore is like... A few uh, laps around the ship's track can fix your slight bone loss. I have so many questions about... First of all, what are they going to do now that they're back on Earth? Because, okay, so they're back on Earth. They've lived all this time in the Axiom, which I have to imagine the gravity is different in the Axiom than it is on Earth. Well, you can... 
you can set artificial gravity, but I still would imagine it's slightly different than it is on Earth. Mm-hmm. And also, just living on Earth is way different because, like, now people are going to have sun. They don't know anything about sunburn and, you know, cancer and radiation and, you know, all these things. Also, how can sun even get down with that just, like, crust of... Satellites that are shown to be surrounding the Earth, all these dust storms that prove like the atmosphere is still bad. I have so many questions about the setup of this film. Also, how long has Wally been alone? When did the last of his friends die? And when did he start scavenging their bodies for parts like some Donner Party stuff? One thing I did see. I, it's not necessarily confirmed, so it's more of a, like, it's unspoken, but it was assumed to be fact um, that when they gave up Operation Cleanup, um, it, it wasn't necessarily, like, they didn't die, they were just turned off. Because you gotta remember that there's still people on Earth at that point where the ships have already gone into space. This is basically like we're here with the cleanup crew and then we're sending you all in space while we fix up the mess. Um, So the idea that they basically they were like okay there's too much junk we can't clean it up so we're just gonna go but I don't think it's necessarily to say that they left and um, left the robots operating because at that point it was a, like there was nothing to be done so they just like turned them off and Wally just happened to stay on. I don't think so because is there like a remote button or they're solar powered, right? So I would imagine that they kept going for a while until they just all became too run down to continue anymore. Yeah, I don't know. I guess, like, you, I don't have, you imagine. have a lot of questions that are not going to get answered. So many questions. And none of them are going to get answered. Mr. Like, Andrew Stanton, I know you're busy running the Pixar division of all of uh, Walt Disney Pictures. Yes, he is the head of Pixar now. But, excuse me, take me back to 2008. And answer my questions. I'm just gonna start tweeting at I him. I just don't think they thought it out that much. Like it's an it's a very now story. You know, it's the now that matters and Okay, well I have a lot of questions about the past. Another question I have is if that's the case, then poor poor Wally was alone for almost six hundred years. Yeah, that's why I mean, okay, here's the thing. Wally's a robot. He develops a certain level of consciousness, but he was not born with, well, he was not made with that. So, yes, he has been alone, but he has not been alone consciously for that many years. Let's keep that in mind. Okay, but... Even, like, a hundred years is too many years to be alone. Well, who knows the passing of time for robots. Okay. Also, can we talk about Hank? Now, Hal. You're talking about Hal. Ah! Right Hal, I'm so sorry, baby. 
Now listen, cockroaches are gross. Yeah. But Hal is the cutest little bud who's just trying to be friends and, you know, keeping Wally from being totally alone. The little distress sounds Wally makes when he rolls over him accidentally and thinks he killed him. Uh, Also, just denotes what we all know, which is that even once the Earth is like far too far gone and humans are no longer on earth cockroaches and twinkies will outlive us all actually twinkies can go bad they didn't experiment on this what so the cockroaches are gonna have to find something else to live on i guess so i just i love wally and i love hank and i love that wally found a pet like wally was like "Mm, I need a pet because that's what we do as humans. We are like, we don't speak the same language. I just want you to be in my house and I will feed you. And, Uh, you know, Wally did the same thing. Yep, it was like, come with me. Here, have my Twinkie. (laughs) Here, I do not need substance, but you do. Yeah, but part, I mean, the loneliness that he feels is kind of something that um I mean if we want to get existential like (laughs) no but I mean that's one of the reasons when Eve gets there he's like automatically taken by uh, okay we okay let's we know robots robots don't don't have have a gender gender. (laughs) also gender is a construct yeah and it's fluid but it is implied that... Eve is coded female and Wally, Wally is, is coded, coded male. male. Yeah. So we're going to continue using uh, pronouns for these robots. <laughs> so, yeah, when when Eve gets there, Wally's taken by her. Yeah, and I, I don't think me. it's necessarily, like, right off the bat... Well, okay, pretty early on. He's, like, he is swooning over her. <laughs> But she is the <laughs> first robot he has seen in, as you've said, many, many years. So I mean, he's seen all the corpses that he keeps defiling. <laughs> that's, I don't, I don't think that's quite the same thing. But uh, sure, okay. Anyway, yeah. So it, it's not even just. Oh, this is someone I could be with. It's like, oh, this is someone I can be with, not romantically, just, just in general. Be my friend. And then automatically, he's like, "This is a badass. <laughs> I want to be with her." Um, What's but no, you just have you have a lot of unanswerable questions because, yeah, this is all things like. Where have all people, the people gone? And also, what's going to happen to all the other ships? They're just going to keep going independently in space. Like, and then some turn of them, into gluttonous monsters! Also, like, how did these ships that were meant for a five-year cruise, actually, how do they still have oxygen supply? How do they still have food after 700 years I mean, it space? seems like everything's in a cup, so... Yeah, okay, but you still have to have what's needed to make the cup. There's no way they had supply for 700 years, especially oxygen, but also especially food. As it is... 
Water. Yeah, water. And basically anything that is required for sustenance and for them to keep living, it is impossible that, like, I get it, these ships are huge, but they were not expecting it to take that long, so that it would have been wasteful right. to prep these ships with so much stuff. I mean, where would they have the space for it? They wouldn't. For, 700, for 700 years, years of things. growing yeah. population also, because these people keep reproducing, well. which uh, that's also something. <laughs> how? Tell me how. These babies are not grown organically. I can assure you that. There's a lot somewhere on that ship. When a mommy loves a daddy. When a mommy loves a daddy, we take the things that makes the baby and we put them in a vial. And these babies are grown outside of a human body. I'm 100% sure of that. There's no way any female on that ship can actually carry a baby without dying, first of all. Second of all, how even would they make the baby when they they don't interact with each other? They're all in single cabins. Like, any... Also, how did the ship, like, how did they fix up the ship to be... Because the when you see the commercial first, it's not... Obviously, it's not meant to be a cruise ship where everybody is on one of those chairs. So, they how did they have... Chairs. Okay, sure, they made more chairs, but then they had to... And some people died. Well, yes, obviously people... It's been 700 years. But also, they had to basically... You have to redesign the entire ship to account for the idea that every single person on the ship is using one of those chairs because the cabins were not made. Probably... There's no bed in the cabin. Yeah, exactly. They but took there the would bed have away. been. But okay, I don't think that if you think of it in terms of a cruise ship, cabins aren't just like a single bed and that's it. And that's that's the basis of these. Also, how do they go to the bathroom? I just thought about that. Like, where there's no bathrooms in the cabin. It's just a door that opens and they pop out. And the only space in that cabin was for the chair they're sleeping on. So there is no bathroom, which granted, all the food they they eat is liquefied. So... Probably not much solid coming out, so maybe they just all have, I don't know, like the chair has a system and it just evacuates. Uh, We're we're going too deep. (laughs) But I mean, okay, this is, it's it's such a great movie, but let's tear apart that concert, concert, concept. There's not much logical to most everything that takes place on that ship. You know what I think? I think... This is showing that we're old because children do not oh, no, preoccupy they don't themselves think about those things. With... For sure. <laughs> Where, how how do they, they go fit? to the bathroom? How did they fit enough food to keep 700 years? You're like, mm-hmm. they just did. It disappears. It's fine. Don't don't question it. But no, and definitely, like in terms of population, that is the one percent, and then a little trickle down but mostly the one percent and who knows where the rest of the earth went because it was likely just leaving from the states which obviously the one percent from other countries could have then just traveled to the states right and taken the ships from there but 
No, ultimately, I do think that this was a very expensive thing that people could go on to just not have to think about the problem that was supposed to get fixed. So other people could legitimate, like, logistically could stay on Earth while the cleanup was going on if they were expecting to fix the problem, which was, you know, accumulate all the trash in a compact area and then probably burn it was going to be the next step, which would not have worked out great no, anyway. No, no, no. And, like, yeah, so just a lot of people died. For sure a lot of people died. For Real sure, bummer. For sure we would have died if it had been us because we could not afford that five-year cruise. We'd sneak on. <laughs> We'd be part of the rebellion that commandeers. We would, you know, we wouldn't. I would. Com- we would just die. I would commandeer a ship. No, you wouldn't. I we would, would commandeer just die. a ship. <laughs> I would work to, or I would work to help other people commandeer a ship and then stay behind. All right. Well, anyway, there's a lot of questions about the logistics of society and the axiom and the other the other liners that we don't know anything about and we have no idea what became of them and like how many of them just broke out in space and then there's just people like you go you would go you would find one of those ships just kind of like floating in the lack of atmosphere and then if you were to open it there would just be a bunch of dead people and like are they preserved because the fact that it's out in space so like if the atmosphere and gravity and everything breaks off on the ship and then you just have like it it allows the nothingness of space into the ship oh then everybody would explode oh they would just explode well they would like i'm not sure okay you know i don't mean like into blood and guts but their whole body would expand rapidly and they would die that way and they would just be so okay. like puffer fish if we talk about every human expanding for like the size of a puffer fish like if you like the ratio of expansion if it's the same human to puffer fish then that entire ship is just human to human blob taking up every single inch of this is so dark and you are laughing so much and you are so delighted at this concept i am horrified opening a door and it's just popped up human like that sounds pressed up against each other there's no space for anything else in the ship anymore and like would it happen all at once or is it just like a chain reaction throughout the ship and you see it coming (laughs) oh my this is so okay i listen to murder podcasts a lot and marie doesn't and i am fine listening to those murder podcasts because i find them horrifying uh, all the murders but marie is talking about this legitimately a fear of mine if I ever went into space is that Oh, something... you would never go into space. No, I'm afraid. Part of the being afraid is that the oxygen would get sucked out and that I would get sucked out and I would expand like a human pufferfish. And now you are making a joke about it. I don't care for that. Alright, let's move on then. Let's move on to a more philosophical idea, which is the fact that Wally regains his memories, but what is changed is his memory card. And it's not just fixed, it's entirely changed. So, 
are we putting the concept that his memory card is meant to be like his brain and his battery is meant to be like his heart? And then does that imply that what makes a person them is their heart and not their brain? Because his battery wasn't changed, but his memory card was. And he still comes back to his old consciousness. Wally has a soul. That's the point of the movie. That's why he can fall in love. <laughs> He's a robot. So he shouldn't be able to fall in love. You're saying that he has not only gained appreciation for human things, he just enjoys was human things get, so much that he was soul. like, I want a soul. You and it what? was given to him. Let's get uh, religious for 0.2 seconds here. Um... God was so sad that there was no humans left on Earth, and Wally that was he out gave here. him consciousness of his being alone. I don't think you're. I mean, I don't think you're making a positive point for God here. Listen, I am explaining the the, the answer here because Wally just grew a soul. <laughs> okay. We're never going to know where they go to the bathroom, and we're never going to know how Wally regains his memories. Like, and, but here's the thing. It took how many years for Wally to get to that point, and then Eve gets there like that? Like, she needs to be exposed to Wally for point, like, a week. Wally Not changes even a... everybody he comes in contact with. That is That's his true. power. That's true. In conclusion, we're going to get Wally tattoos, I guess. <laughs> yeah! I will get Wally. Wally, fun fact, is my picture for uh, my My Disney Experience account. Yeah, why isn't it for Disney Plus? Because BB 8's my picture for it. So you love BB 8 more than Wally? You I, have a thing for robots. I just love tiny robots. Clearly. I just love tiny little helpful robots, okay? One's a square, one's a circle. I love them both. And you just throw a triangle in there. A triangle. There is, um... I'm thinking of a triangle robot, but I cannot remember. Anyway, point is, I just love robots. If anybody wants to get me a Roomba, then I can love a robot in real life. That's very true. You would imprint on that so fast. The Roomba, I would name it, and we would be friends. All right. So let's get to the question. Okay, is there a villain? Is there a villain? Well, okay, Otto... Otto is the antagonist. Yeah, I don't think he's a villain, because ultimately he is a robot, and he is following programming that was implemented into him. So, society is the villain for letting things get that bad for, con- like, consumers? I would, I would like to throw in a third contender. By and large, okay, superstore. Okay, but again, that's consumerism. That's not specifically, like, there. you know there is more than one corporation out there that is going to lead to that kind of By demise. and large, superstore deciding to just not take care of the mess because it's too difficult is the but most nor, villainous act in more, this Nor movie. did anybody else, to our knowledge. Like, or were there other... But he's cop- the president of the world. 
He's the president of the world? I think that's what it says. He's at least the president of the United States. Well, yeah, that's what I assumed. I don't know if, like, there's <laughs> no, there's no country, countries anymore in this no. society. It's just, like, one big glob that's been messed up. So they were like, ha, we elect you to be in charge of the entire thing. Everybody loved the jingle so much. They were like, yes. I mean, okay. Maybe no, the I, real I would villain not... along the way was the consumerism we found. Yeah, like, I don't think it's pinpointed on one specific person because it's, like, today's environmental crisis. It's it's not, it can't just be fixed. And yes, primarily, it, you can't point fingers at individuals because... The little changes that, yeah, the little changes that we make can be helpful, but until corporations, like, actually start doing something, it's never really going to improve. So you're saying but, the villain is, by and large, Well, okay, fine, because store. the one corporation that is denoted in the movie, yes, let's say by and large, <laughs> is the villain of the movie. I'm going to rank them... Um, on a corporation scale, 10 out of 10 corporate villainy. On a human villain scale, I don't know. Well, you can't really rank complex. it on a human. So, as a corporation, evil corporation. Yeah, no, I agree. because, Especially because it feels so real. It's, it's, it's scary real. real. So, rewatchability. I could watch WALL-E every day, and I would be so happy. And just like today... My mind, when it's loading, will just buy in large superstore. All you need. That's not even the songs that come to mind when I think about Wally. I think about the opening credits, and I think about the put on your Sunday clothes. The other thing I think about is down to the ground. Well, yes, down to the. But uh, no, buy in large superstore jingle gets stuck in my head so much. Uh, Consumerism. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I don't think I could watch it every day. I would be able to watch it every week or every other week, probably, for a long while. I could watch it every day for probably about a year, and then I would say, let's watch it every week. I could do that for a year. And then maybe then I would say, let's watch it every two weeks. And <laughs> incrementally like... until it's once a month. And then I would probably go back to, let's watch it once a week. <laughs> I love Wally. He is he is a sweet he is he is one of the sweetest Pixar characters there is. He as a character was ranked very high. Uh I forgot to note it down. He's like number thirty six out of a hundred uh characters. I understand. He's he's so sweet, he's so lovable. Yes, very lovable. You care about him, you care about his happiness. You just want him you don't want him to be alone anymore. And then when you think he's gone, it's so sad. He's such a hero. And then, like, and not even gone in terms of broken. Just, like... Gone! Yes. Oh, my like, goodness. Like, that is the worst. Oh, my gosh. It's awful. I love Wally. Um, so, So, give me a ranking, final ranking. Final ranking. I'm gonna give it a 9 out of 10. I'm gonna give it a 10 out of 10. Well done, Mr. Wally, sir. <laughs> yeah, so high rank movie. If you've not watched Wally, what are you doing? Watch Wally. Just, 
and honestly, if you you haven't watched it because you think the environmental crisis is being pushed on us too much through this movie, well, I don't know why you're even listening to this podcast. Clearly, we have much more liberal views than you do. Um, <laughs> Marie's just alienating villains. Villains. <laughs> okay. Sure. Yikes! I'm the one. Anyway. Uh, Sorry, No, everybody. honestly, if you've never watched this movie, watch it. It's great. It does have a very heavy environmental theme, but as I've said, the main it's focus... It's a love story. It's a love story. Baby, just say yes and watch it on Disney Plus today. Yeah, it's available to watch. Uh, so next week, we will be doing... Podcaster's, Podcaster's Choice. Choice, which is my turn. Yes. Uh, and I decided, because of the news of the reboot... Well, not reboots. Yeah. Out of a reboot, I guess. A sequel type thing years into the future for Honey, I Shrunk the Kids with Josh Gad and Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis! Returning! Coming out of his... Well, he said it wasn't an official retirement, but he was obviously has yeah. not been acting for many years. Uh, so yes, in honor of that, we will be watching Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. All right, so that's something to look forward to. Until next time... Enjoy your magical streaming. Bye-bye!